0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by starting your car in a closed garage to warm it up and then taking a nap. Go down, champ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Credits the Podcast, the only podcast that became a world champion boxer. And I'm Frank.
1: Lost it all, and I'm Zach.
0: <laughs> and today we are doing. 1980s raging bull Mm -hmm. potentially my favorite scorsese film ever Mm -hmm. um not his most accessible movie yeah uh maybe not even a film that he necessarily is most known for i think in like the general audience is i would say no um i think a lot of people when they think of scorsese they think of uh, Wolf of Wall Street mm-hmm. and they think of Goodfellas mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I feel like Raging Bull is kind of forgotten about but I think Raging Bull is maybe his best work ever um, so that being said 1980s written by or uh, uh, written by it actually was based off of Jake LaMotta's book yeah that, that he wrote his kind of like biography but then of course Grossezi um, well, looks like up... I'm gonna make it a movie <laughs> Well, well, no, actually, well, there's a whole thing that we'll mm-hmm. go into. Um, directed by Martin Scorsese, of course, and your main guy, of course, is Robert De Niro, who plays Jake LaMotta. You have um, Kathy Moriarty. I don't know how to how to Moriarty. Uh, Moriarty. Who, she's a uh, sounds very Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays Who plays Vicky, his wife? They're all really Italian. You have, you have Joe Pesci, who plays Joe or Joey, his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Frank Vincent, who plays Salvi, who's kind of like this mafiosa type of type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally speaking, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's, that's really it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is a movie about Jake LaMotta, um, whose violence and temper uh, who has pretty much led him to pretty much the top of the ring, but essentially destroyed his life. Yeah. Um, so... I I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I have a feeling that you didn't love this movie. No, I liked this movie.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I really it, it took me like a little bit because like it was kind of like a drier type film.
0: Yeah, so this is like such an interesting moment in Scorsese's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because th- at this moment, he was at his absolute lowest.
1: Yeah, I think I read something like he was like an alcoholic or he was like... He Hokshani. was a drug addict. Yes.
0: Um, I believe it was cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I believe he actually OD'd. Yeah. Uh, and was like in the hospital. And De Niro pretty much came to him with this script. Mm-hmm. And was like, I really want to make this movie with you. And Scorsese wasn't even like interested. Yeah. Uh, mostly because he's not like a fan of sports. He doesn't care about sports or in mm-hmm. sports movies. Um, and I just think that eventually after De Niro kind of like kept bringing it up to him, eventually he kind of saw a way of making a sports film that isn't necessarily the most typical type type of sports film. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he just, this was kind of, kind of like a redemption film for, yeah. for Scorsese. This was like a a, a moment of, I'm going to take this character Jake LaMotta, and instead of necessarily making it fully based on everything that has happened in his life and making it the most like realistic and uh, tale of his of his life, I'm actually going to weave my my own life into this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of of Scorsese in this in this character, and there's also a lot of Jake Lamada, and mm-hmm. you kind of have to see between the lines of like wh- where you know who starts and and like who begins where essentially. Yeah,
1: um, I think it's blended very well though. Like, knowing that now, like, you really can't tell, like, between, like, Jake LaMotta and, like, Scorsese's life in it?
0: Yeah. um, Definitely, like, of course, you know, Martin is just known for his Italian heritage and being Mm. an Italian-American and growing up in very uh, traditional Italian homes. This movie is very Italian. It's super Italian. Um,
1: To the point of, like, eating a chicken parm sandwich with, like, your shirt open trying to fix the TV. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's very uh, funny, and I don't know if... If you didn't grow up in that type of household, like, my grandfather and my father are very much this type of Mm -hmm. Italian. And uh, if you didn't grow up in that type of household, I don't know if everything would connect nearly as much. And maybe that's kind of my bias towards the film is because it feels so homegrown to me. Mm -hmm. And it feels like people that i've grown up with and 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 was surrounded by whether it was my grandfather's brothers or 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 aunts or uncles or whoever it was in in my actual family so i think that might be one of the reasons why i love this movie so much is it while it's a very dark and heavy film Mm -hmm. there's sort of like this this comfort to it as well for me
1: yeah i mean like it's it's always been like this thing with like super italian type films and like super italian like heritage where it's like there's a lot of, like, that fighting, like, that aggressive, like, backhanded, um, like, compliments and, and, like, just messing around with everybody. But, like, it's also the love that's there, too. Yeah. Where it's, like, people just won't leave because they really, really love each other. And that's where, like, I saw a lot of that in this film where it's, like, even even some of the stuff that, like, really didn't age well where it's, like you know, with Jake's, like, first wife of, like, hitting her. And then he's like, come on, like, let's forget about it. Like, let's be friends again. Yeah. And it's like, I know people that are like that. Right. So it's like, to me, like, that feels real.
0: Yeah. Um, I think De Niro is, like, so committed to the performance. He
1: was so committed, too, that, like, I I found out, like, he actually trained as a boxer. Yeah, like, just...
0: Like just so long. I I was listening to uh the editor the the woman that Martin Scorsese uses as or as uh, the editor for all of his movies, and she was like he was so committed to the actual to like to the actual form of of boxing. Like he's a method actor. He's like known to be a method actor, so it's not a surprise that you know the lengths that he goes to for his roles, and and of course it like makes sense that he totally learned how to properly box and how to actually hold his hands up and how to move Mm. and and everything
1: yeah i mean like he even he trained with jake lamotta himself like i think they went like there was like something with like robert de niro where he said like oh yeah we went like a thousand like sparring rounds to the point that jake was like how he was like oh you could actually go pro if you wanted to essentially that was
0: actually the same thing what happened with um uh, Daniel Day Lewis mm. in a movie. Yes, uh, where he also played a boxer, yes. and they were like, "No, he. This guy could actually like throw a punch yeah. properly." <laughs> um, yeah, because Jake LaMotta was on set, kind of mm. like guiding and making sure that everything, whatever, was going well, and just making sure that uh, you know. I guess he was kind of just like there for a reference, and just mm. you know, and if they had any questions, they could they could refer to the actual man himself. Um, instead of just kind of guessing
1: yeah which is smart yeah and then even too like robert de niro like had like three actual boxing matches and he won two of them
0: yeah yep like, that's <laughs> impressive <laughs> yeah. like
1: to, to put yourself through that to like really get into the role of it and it's it's a little ironic because like a good portion of this film is not about boxing
0: no, like, the majority of the I think um, I was listening to Martin talk about it, and he was like, "There's only about nine or ten minutes of actual boxing yeah. in the movie. The boxing that they do show, I love. Yes. I love the way that they film the boxing matches. I think some people may think that oh, this is weird or this mm-hmm. hasn't aged well. You also have to like take into cons- consideration when this movie was made. Like for the time, yeah, the way that this was filmed was like jaw dropping. Yes, I mean even too like you
1: think of like other like boxing movies like Rocky where it's like. A lot of the times, like you have the camera like stationed outside of the ring, yeah. And this was like fully in, in the, the ring, so it felt like you spinning, were yes, getting like, hit. You felt like you were the ref in this film, like yeah. you were right there watching everything. Yeah,
0: all of the everything about this movie is so authentic too. Mm-hmm. Like all of the actual fighters that are that that uh, De Niro is boxing up against are mm-hmm. actual boxers. They were all real fighters. Um, the referees are all real referees. Mm all of like everything about it is just so authentic um and it just adds to this realism because this movie is so down to earth yeah. and, and so not this glorious comeback movie mm-hmm. or anything like that that it's it makes you uncomfortable like mm-hmm. when when Jake is interested in Vicky when she's 15 years old yeah. it's like going to and like to the point where he wants to marry her and and eventually does marry her um there's just this this uncomfortableness, mm-hmm. like when he's bringing her to his father's home. Yeah, it was so weird. And 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 they're just sitting there for for these for these like uncomfortable silences, and it's just sort of like building this tension of just she is 15 mm-hmm. and you are like in your 20s, sir. Like this yeah. is like, not you can't okay. do this right now. And they do it, mm-hmm. and and I guess at that time it was just different. It was the fifties and the like, the late forties, early fifties. So like, I mean, even at that time, it wasn't okay. Yeah, it's still weird. But they, it was kind of just one of those things where they just look the other way. I mean, even because like Joey says to him, he's he's like, "Hey, she's fifteen. What do you like?" Even at when when you find out um, that she's fifteen years old, you even Joey says like, "Yeah, I took her out a few times, Mm -hmm. and she's hanging around with all these mafia guys, and they're all interested in her, of course." Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, just just like the the strangeness of of how he like treats his wife his his actual wife at yeah. home and before he leaves her for vicky and then and then meets vicky there's like oh there's like this soft side to him but it's all just a facade it's yeah. all just bullshit
1: yeah, like he he really just does it to kind of like keep the peace every now and again. But yeah. like he really doesn't like fully care about anybody.
0: I think he cares. I I, I think he does care about. He doesn't people. fully care. I, I think he does. I just think he's like one of those guys that in this movie he like doesn't know how to show his his, his like real true mm-hmm. um like emotions, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to. He, the only thing he knows is fighting. Yeah, really. And he knows how to get hit, which is, again, again like, one, some of my, one of my favorite things about the movie is how the character of Jake goes into the ring almost wanting to get beat up. Well, yeah, because, like, you you
1: start to notice that, like, every single fight, like, he's, he's letting the guy, like, punch him, yeah. like, a good, like, three rounds, and then he comes back. Yeah. Because, like, every single time that they show, like, a boxing match in this film, like, it's literally, like, the 10th round is when, like... It, it's over, like, when he knocks him out. Right. So it's like, he's letting the guys, like, beat him up. Yeah. And he's taking his time and, like, not fully, fully knocking him out until, like, the very last round.
0: Right, yeah. And I think it's just because he likes to take a beating. Mm-hmm. I think he, he kind of, like, needs it for for some reason. He just wants to, like, the only the only time he feels in control is in the ring. Mm-hmm. And And if he can control somebody and allow them to hit him, even if he gets knocked down, he feels like I allowed them to do that to yeah. me. I didn't, you know, because outside of the ring where everything kind of where the majority of the film takes place is he kind of is is at a complete loss of control. He doesn't know how to how to be a good husband. He doesn't mm-hmm. know how to be a good brother. He doesn't know how to be a good partner. He, he you know, he beats his wife. And mm-hmm. like Vicky's an interesting character, too, because she's like this this. Like, she's not small. Like, she mm-hmm. almost feels bigger than him. Well, yeah. And, like, and I don't mean... And I, I mean, yes, like, physically, but also, like, just everything about her aura. Yeah. Like, like, it almost feels like she allows him to treat her the way that she does. And more more than him... Tr- more than her, like, sub- like submitting to him, she's more, like, allowing it and tolerating it. Mm-hmm. Because she knows just how much of a brute he is. And he's just, you know, and she's just like, I love him because, you know, I met him when I was 15. We now have children together. Like, I have fallen in love with him. And I know that he's just, like, a piece of garbage person that doesn't (laughs) know how to, how to like, um, talk about his feelings. Mm -hmm. So I'll let him smack me around a little bit. But, like, there is this kind of weird thing where it's like, I almost feel like she allows him to do it more than, more than, like, she's scared of him. I don't think she's scared of him by any means.
1: She's not scared of him. Because even to, like, when, like, you know... Uh, Jack goes crazy and like beats up Joey and then like beats up her, and then she comes back home and is like getting like all of her stuff to like leave. It's like she's not frightened by the fact that he's still there. Like normal people would be like locking the doors, like get the fuck away from me, I'm calling the cops, I'm getting my shit, and I'm getting out. Yeah, and she's just like very very calm about it. <laughs> but she's like because like there's such a mystery about her with the film. Like they don't give you like a whole lot of like details about her, like why does she know like these mafia people like why is she hanging around them so much like why are they interested in her because obviously like there is like a beauty factor to it but like there's also something else going on like she knows like all these people yeah like she knows the like the commissioner um like when jack's getting ready for his big like title fight Mm -hmm. she knows like salvi she knows like all these other people so it's like what it what is her actual role because like she knows way more about stuff than yeah. I think is led on and you don't get to know exactly that
0: yeah I think that she's yeah I mean at the end of the day the focus is mostly on Jake mm-hmm. um and how he treats them so like you don't get this full uh complete explanation as to everybody else surrounding Jake but it's mm-hmm. also that it kind of works because I don't think Jake really cares yeah and like when you're viewing this movie from Jake's perspective mm-hmm. everything surrounds him he doesn't he he doesn't you know uh really like submit to anybody in yeah. this movie and even if he does it's because he chooses to do it mm-hmm. right like he won't if he, if he doesn't like you he won't look you in the eye and he'll give you like a half-hearted shake you know sh- he'll shake your hand half-heartedly mm-hmm. he will um you know he he just doesn't everything about him is all about him yeah and it doesn't matter about vicky because this is his story and this is his life so vicky is just there as a supporting character literally Mm -hmm. in the film and literally in his life
1: yeah same thing for joey like joey joey
0: joey's interesting because joey really cares about him Mm -hmm. so much
1: yeah He's willing to do, like, anything to make sure that he's, like, okay and and get to his goal of being a champion. Right. Like, uh, that scene where it's, like, they're kind of forcing Jack to, like, take a dive. Right. And, like, he's just, like, smashing the chair backstage. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting scene, too, because, like, that's the one time that we get where Jack is actually emotional. And he's, like, crying because this was the one time in boxing where he couldn't control his fate in there. Right. Like he was told to take a dive and it it was very interesting because it's like he basically knocked the guy out and then just like let him wail on him for like a couple of minutes yeah. until like they decided the vote.
0: Right, yeah, and he didn't and he didn't go down. He mm-hmm. refused to go down from yes. the guy cuz he was like this guy's pathetic mm-hmm. like this guy, you know, he doesn't hit me or like the way that he's hitting me. I don't I barely feel it. Yeah. I I he was like I hit him one time and he fucking crumbles. Yeah. Like <laughs> like I'm, you know, like so the fact that this guy he he kind of had to lose this match on purpose for to to somebody who isn't even close to like mm-hmm. The, the strength and the skill level as him, I mean, it hurts him so much. yeah um, You're right, though. It's very rare where we get to see, like, the real true emotion except that scene and when he's in prison. Mm-hmm. And the prison scene when he's, like, in the um, uh, solitary confinement is, like, yes. one of my favorite scenes. In where he's movie. just, like,
1: punching the wall. Yeah,
0: and just crying.
1: Yeah, and he's calling himself stupid. Like, how did he get here? Yeah.
0: Um, one of my favorite opening shots ever.
1: Oh, absolutely! Where it's like the credits are rolling, and it's him just shadow boxing in the ring. Yeah, it's he, very cool. It's, like it, it's very. I think, honestly, like it is one of those scenes where it's like it's such a world-renowned like opening
0: shot. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is, uh, I don't remember what movie it was, but Brian De Palma mm-hmm. released a film like at the same time as this movie, and De Palma was all excited because he was like thinking that it was going to be like the movie of the year, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he, go, he goes to the theater and he sits down to watch Raging Bull and the opening title comes up and he's just like, he's like, no matter how good you think you're doing, there's, there's always-, <laughs> always fucking Scorsese. He's just going like to come in and just ruin it for you. Um, and it really is an iconic scene. I mm-hmm. mean, it's such a good opener and, and it really tells almost everything you need to know. Yes. Like him isolated in the ring by himself. The mm-hmm. hood is over his face. Yep. So you can't see him. It's perfect.
1: And then you get like slowly because it's like a good like three minutes of like title sequence. Yeah. And it's like you slowly get like there's the crowd and like the camera like the they're setting off like the flashes. And it's like, okay now you get the idea of like, okay he's not alone in there. But like he is alone. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. I I really like the fact, too, that like this is in black and white. Like, yeah, like this movie coming out in the 80s did not need to be that. No, there's
0: there's only like I think one scene that's in color i think i
1: didn't even get anything that was in color from no
0: the... you did you probably just didn't even realize it uh the home movies are in color uh, oh okay. when, when they when they go and they kind of like when they're viewing like the home the home movies of jake and vicky's kind of like life when they're at the pool and they're like with the kids those are actually in color um and that's i think an interesting choice mm. because the because they're in color and almost at least for me the whole film is in black and white and then those home movies are in color where it's like those almost don't even feel real yeah like the black and white is what feels real mm-hmm. and then the color ironically enough almost feels like you almost feel more distant from mm-hmm. them because they're in color instead of in black and white
1: either that or those are like the weird highlights of like the life like those are like the dream sequences yeah where it's where like, like again these were not were all like, even real yeah like these were all like the the good times that like we always forget about because it's just like these one little moments yeah um but yeah like i it was i must have missed that maybe i think so it it was all like in black and white for me um but i like that though because the movie feels like much more dark and gritty as opposed to like rocky that came out like around the same time where it's like rocky is very much like this redemption like colorful like you know feel good type film yeah and this is very dark where it's like no i'm going to get my ass kicked to be better
0: yeah and ironically it feeling like darker and grittier is was actually like the point of why the black and white why they did the black and white was yeah. actually to feel the opposite way <laughs> because because of the amount of blood in all the mm-hmm. boxing, they wanted to shoot those in black and white so he didn't get in trouble by the fucking um, whoever they are, the people yeah. that the just people like that with have, taxi Driver. Yeah, exactly. So instead of all the blood and all that being red, you would it would just be mm-hmm. dark instead of red, and they tend to get they tend to get away a little bit more with black and white, yeah, um, like that. So it's kind of ironic that it feels darker and grittier. Yet the intention was it to was was for it to feel less that way, yes. <laughs> so they so they got an R rating instead mm-hmm. of getting an X. Uh, it's just it's just weird how things work. Yeah, I, think I know. The, I think all the and like I love how the the title Raging Bull is in red mm-hmm. because that just it's it, like with that against the black and white, yeah. it's just so it's, good. It, very nice looking. It, it's so good. I love it. And I think technically it was a mistake. I don't think it was supposed to be like that. <laughs> they but, were just like ah oh, fuck, we put a, it in color. A happy mistake. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things. Um. Yeah, so a really intimate story, right, mm-hmm. of, of a boxer, of a guy who's just a mess of yeah. a man um, who can't keep any good relationships. You know, he ends up punching his brother, beating the crap out of his brother. They end up going what seems like years without talking to mm-hmm. one another. Um and then he happens to just see him on the street one day and he cut and he tries to come up to him and he's like trying to give him a hug and kiss and whatever is like you know forgive me forget about it well you know I'm your brother and like Joey just wants nothing to do yeah. with him it's kind of like a really sad scene because he's got nothing at this yeah. point he's fucking he's like retired from boxing he's doing like stand up comedy which is real he that that was real mm-hmm. um. He owns like a bar, and he just like performs at his own bar.
1: Well, no, he lost the bar at this point. Well,
0: at that point, yeah. But I mean, b- prior to that, yeah. he, he he retired from boxing. He bought a bar. He was performing like stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and like Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> very 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 weird. strange. Tennessee and, Williams stuff too. Yeah, and then and then of course he ends up like losing everything. Um, and and then and then he's like still kind of going to these little like tiny little bars where he's still performing again, and it's just like a really low point in Jake's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really kind of sad to watch, but he's such a, he's such a character that has like no redeeming qualities about him that you almost like you, you kind of want to feel bad, but at the same time, it's so hard to feel yeah, bad for him because he's such a scumbag.
1: I know. Cause even like the ending where it's like, he's literally trying to like psych himself up to do like anything. Like he's trying to psych himself up to do like the stand up because that's kind of like all he has left. And he's like, taking like like he's doing like the the stomach jabs like to himself and he's like i'm the, boss I'm the, the, boss, boss, I'm the boss, boss I'm the boss i'm the boss and it's like you'll want to like him there because like he's really trying to give it like his last effort yeah but then you've also sat for two hours of what a scumbag he is <laughs> and uh, ironically enough like when the movie came out like jake lamato went and saw it and then he went to the real life vicky and was like was i that bad to you And she was like, no, you were way worse. (laughs) Like, so much worse. Uh, Um, Yeah. Last, last, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I have tons of things that I want to say, but I can't (laughs) go on forever. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I love also the thing about – one of the things about his character that I I found very interesting this time watching around that I guess I just never noticed. It's been a while since I've seen this film. Mm -hmm. Um, I never noticed it uh, was the way that he – If something happens, if somebody says something to him that he almost doesn't like, Mm -hmm. he'll repeat it to them, like, four or five times. And, like, he just keeps repeating it to them over and over again to the point where it almost starts, like, meaning something different. Mm -hmm. And then they start second-guessing themselves as to what they said or how they said it. And then he uses it against them to, like, break them down. And he tries to do that with Vicky and it doesn't work. Yeah, because he's um, just,
1: like, she knows her own stuff. Yeah,
0: but, like, he does it to Joey all the time. He does mm-hmm. it to everybody, everybody around him. His first wife he does it to, mm-hmm. where he just repeats himself over and over and over again to where it, they start meaning different things. And it kind of adds this, like, sense of rewatchability to, him, to it, where it's like, what does he mean when he's saying this, like, mm-hmm. four or five times to their face over and over and over again? Um it's such a w- interesting weird strange dynamic of a character that uh, i think i think de niro this might be one of my favorite de niro performances
1: oh absolutely he he did a fantastic job it's on so this it's so
0: good he's he's the best and i don't
1: know <laughs> if like he actually did it i i can't imagine like they did like too much prosthetics for it cuz i know that they did like his nose to like make it look like more like jack Lamato's actual nose yeah um I think and he
0: gained all the weight though.
1: That's that's what I was getting at was like the the body dysmorphia type situation that they do in this film yeah. is like really really cool cuz it's like at first I didn't notice it but like it is true like when when boxers like are getting ready for a match like they cut weight they go to like the weight that they're supposed to be at and then once the fight is over they kind of like let loose for like a little bit. And I thought that was cool where it's like specifically after Jake wins after the, he wins the title after he wins the middleweight title and like he's so cut and ripped and everything like that and then like the next scene where it's like he's trying to fiddle with the tv and like he's got a gut yeah, and, he's and just it's eating like a sandwich yeah it's yeah. like he and then you have like all these weird like moments where it's like joey and like salvi and like uh the commissioner are like oh you look like you gain weight like you're a fat pig and then it's like he'll cut the weight and it's like oh you're too skinny like you need to eat something go <laughs> eat something
0: yeah and yeah. then,
1: like, finally when he retires and, like, he gets fat and it's, like, okay, like, he was, like, oh, I'm so tired of, like, like, checking my weight all the time. Yeah. And it's, like, this real-life thing of, like, this, like, one that I think that boxers really go through because they have to, like, keep the weight. And then, two, like, this kind of, like, body dysmorphia thing that I don't think Scorsese was really trying to go for but ended up really being pushed as, like, a theme for the film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um... It's so interesting because the whole movie, for the most part, you're like watching him want to be this champion. Like the whole point is, I want to be, I want to hold that title.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when he finally does hold that title, it doesn't fix anything. Like no. it, it almost feels like one of those things where if I get to the, if I, if I achieve this, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And when he finally achieves it, he's still not happy. So then he turns to food to like keep filling that void of like I need to just fill, I need to just do something. And of course. It is true that, yeah, I mean, um, boxers and, and fighters and just professional athletes in general, you know, those guys eat like crazy because they're constantly burning off all the calories. And I think when they stop, once they stop um, performing at a, at a professional level, that appetite doesn't necessarily go away. Yeah. And then they're not working out nearly as much. So then they just start gaining all this weight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a really, really um, intimate, hard look at the life of a man who was kind of a terrible person Mm -hmm. and then a really intimate life, um, portrait of some things that Scorsese was going through himself. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I think it's, again, it's one of my favorites by him. Yeah. Um, I don't know where, I mean, obviously you just saw it, so I don't know necessarily where it would fall like for you in, I don't even know how familiar, familiar you are with Scorsese's filmography all that much. Um, but for me, this is like top three, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great movie, and I think everybody needs to watch it. If you're like a cinephile, if somebody, if you are somebody that that really loves movies, I think you owe yourself to the watching Racing this Bowl. Movie. <laughs> Like you do. It, yeah, it, it, it's so good. Everything about the movie is, is so good, and um, and it's just it's Scorsese at his fucking best, in my opinion.
1: Nine and a half rounds.
0: yeah yeah i got knocked out halfway through the last one (laughs) yeah um all right so i have a
1: recommendation
0: yeah so i want to recommend something by mario scorsese Mm uh kind of like a weird um it's not technically like a short film but it's not really a feature either it's mm-hmm. like it's like if it's like almost an hour long so I guess technically it would fall more into the range of a feature um, so in 1978 he made this sort of documentary-esque film called American Boy a profile of Stephen Prince yes um, and I've seen I've seen American Boy like bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. uh, yeah like welcome to years. my world yeah, uh, there's always like one specific story that that, that I've that I've seen be, that because it references something in Pulp Fiction that mm-hmm. Tarantino took from this and used it in Pulp Fiction. Mm. Um, and so, like, I've always wanted to watch it, and I never actually did. Um, but finally, I sat down and I found it, and I, and I just when I watched it. it, was 55 minutes long. I'm like, sure, I got the time, and it's just this story. It's just this. These people, um, Scorsese himself is there, and they're all just sitting around at, at at someone's house. And this guy, Stephen Prince, is just telling stories of his of his life. Hmm. Um, he is an actor. He's a guy. He he doesn't he hasn't done much. Um, he's the guy that sells Travis from Taxi Driver. He sells him the guns. He's like the guy that comes to the hotel gotcha, room or yeah. whatever <laughs> and sells him the guns. Uh, he's got like two acting credits, and I think that was his last one. He <laughs> hasn't done anything since. Okay, so he kind of just stepped away. Um, but the stories that he tells are incredible, um, sad, heartbreaking, uh, and I don't know if they're real, and I almost don't want to know if they're real. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's the way that it, it, it's such a perfect ending, and it makes me think like, is it real? Is it not real? Is it real and Scorsese's just trying to direct at the same time? So he's telling the same story like multiple times and Scorsese just wants him to tell it differently? Mm -hmm. Or is it that he's reading this off a script and he's like, no, we got to do it this way? I don't know. And I don't want to know. But the stories are great. It's 55 minutes. And I think that it's absolutely worth your time. Uh, So American Boy, check it out. It's on HBO Max. It's, It's sitting right next to Raging Bull. (laughs) Yeah. So you you can watch it. Um, And I highly recommend it. I think it's a really, really interesting um, little piece of uh, cinema. Cool. Zach, what are we doing next?
1: Well, Frank, we're going to be doing the beauty of slow films. So a discussion on slow burn, slow films themselves, what we like, what we dislike, some of our favorites. Etc. Etc. Etc.
0: Etc. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, Zach. Take us out.
1: All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving for people who celebrate it. Uh, Now, Frank. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss.